Song of the week, man. Requested by GDP. It's a New Orleans special right here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I need a rich bitch like oh for ya. Do it for ya. You got a bounce for the iceberg, turf for the iceberg, do it for ya. Do it for ya. You got a bounce for the iceberg, turf for the iceberg, do it for ya. Do it for ya. Facts, facts, facts. Now that was the iceberg, man. Bounce for you. Requested by GDP. What made you pick that song though? I like the song. I mean, it's the originality and it got the feel of New Orleans, like yeah. his swagger, the shit he talking about is relatable. It's like he letting you know where he from and he putting doing it for the culture. And it's and it's, it's shit dope to me. Hey, I like it. I, I never heard that, but even if you hear that and you're not from New Orleans, I, I think you'll get a New Orleans vibe from that song. Right, you'll be right. like, Oh, he must be from New Orleans or something, somewhat down south. Yeah. But man, second time on here, first time, it was a um music draft. Right. You went with more of the old school, but we got GDP back, man, Right. to oh. talk about more of his story. How, how was the experience the first time for you? The first time I came on here, man, it was great, man. Like I said, it was different. I, I never had nobody say pick, like, a, put your own record label together and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So I thought that was dope because people could see why I like those artists and why I would pick certain artists and stuff like that. So I thought that was different because... That was a different um style from what I was used to, you know, going on people's stuff. Facts, facts. Now, the voice of is it New Orleans or Louisiana? A lot of people been saying Louisiana. Now, a lot of people been saying the South is different. People be saying all kind of shit. But Sean Cotton was the first person to say I was a spokesman in New Orleans. But then the fans, my I, I mean, my supporters, I like to call them Street Dreams Army SD. They went to just calling it all kind of other stuff. So they say it's the South. Some of them say Louisiana. Facts. Now, co-signed by Sean Cotton, who has, who basically kind of started like you, um, in uh, blogging and, um, I guess distributing news to the people, and you see what his platform is at. So, how did it feel for getting that co-sign of saying you're the spokesman of New Orleans? I mean, that's a major co-sign. I mean, that's just like how some people might get a co-sign from uh, Dr. Dre, they might get a co-sign from Drake, or they might get a co-sign from Birdman or Master P. Like that's big. I mean, Sean Cotton. Stamp is really big in hip-hop right now because he of the culture. He doing it. He right there in it, touching people from the bottom. So for him to put me out there when people are like, oh, man, who the fuck he is? His opinion don't matter. Why are you posting this dude all the time? He from New Orleans talking about everything came from there. I guess the Bible came from that too. You know, um, but, yeah, he put a light on me, and he showed me that, you know, I could do the same thing with my stuff for, for my people in my area. Right. So now you hear that. Safe to say you're in the comments of when he posts you. 
You look yeah. at them guys. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of trolls down there. There's a lot of hecklers down there. It's, it's toxic. You got to be ready to fight. Somebody always coming at you in the comments. You got to just stay out the mix. Facts, facts. Now, I want to take it to the beginning of Street Dreams Army. Mm -hmm. where, uh, where did Street Dreams Army begin for you? Street Dreams Army, that, that came from a combination of things. Um, I love nine song Street Dreams. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always did love that record. I thought it was dope. And then I love No Limit. Soldiers, well, Mass P had that, and I love the Cash Money is an Army song, Soldier Slim. Mm -hmm. You know, just that whole thing about New Orleans loving that soldier shit, you know. Um, Juvenile album, Soldier Rag with the Humvee. So I just took that and put it together. So when a lot of people might have, like, Wiz Khalifa got Taylor Gang, Ariana got the Navy, you know, Chris Brown got Team Breezy. My mm -hmm. supporters are SDA, so I was like, before I say Street Dreams, Gang, a Mafia, a Crew, a Click, I was going to be, you know, Street oh. Dreams Army because... It's a bunch of them, and, and um, New Orleans love that soldier shit. Gotcha. Now, um, when was this created? What year? Uh, I've been doing, I've been saying the Street Dreams, all oh, in the Street Dreams shit since, fuck, uh, probably like the mid-2000s or something like that. Mm -hmm. Probably like around 2005, 2006, I've been, you know, saying this shit like that. We had Street Dreams, all we had all gorillas and shit, so. Facts. Now, your background. Growing up, uh, you from New Orleans? Yeah, I'm from New Orleans. I grew up between I grew up a lot between New Orleans East mm -hmm. and I grew up a lot downtown. I stayed in the Seven Wall. I stayed in the Six Wall a little bit, but mostly Seven Wall and the East like really shaped me and all that. And I say that because I know a lot of times people are like, oh gee, you can't say the Seven Wall, the East, you gotta pick one. Birdman still rep the 13 and the three, he rep uptown. Yeah, like Pac get people get mad at box, Tupac <laughs> when he don't say the East Coast, when he just say Oakland and the Bay. They get mad mm -hmm. when he don't acknowledge the East Coast. So it's like your mom and your daddy, I gotta acknowledge both of them because mm -hmm. both of them shame me. So Tyra Lane in the East and the Seven War, like that's mm -hmm. what, yeah. Now, when growing up, when people be like, I'm from here, do do you base it off? I'm going from your um just give me your thought process right. on this. When you, do you base it off where you were born? And I think a lot of people do it like where they jumped off the porch. Say right, like right. I grew up, um, I was born in New Orleans, but I really, I, born in the Seven Wall. Let's right. say that born in the Seven Wall right. from zero to three. Right. Then I moved to the Night Wall, basically from eight to eighteen. A lot of people be like, I'm from the Night Wall because eight to eighteen, that's when you really start to. Get your friends, grow up, do what you're going to shit yourself. So how do you base that off that? Well, what I would say is we moved a lot. We was mm -hmm. on low-income housing, so we found houses where we could. So it's like right. we we didn't stay in a, uh, one place like for like 10 years. Some people might have stayed with their grandma had a house and they lived there. Yep. We moved around a lot, so we stayed with my grandma. We stayed with my mama had houses. And um, so I really base it off. The schools I went to, it connected right. me more to the East because even when we were staying in the Seven Walker, we were fighting it in, in middle school and elementary and shit when I was mm -hmm. 9 to 12, 13 in the Seven Walker, just like we was doing the East. But what made me connect more to the East is because I went to Livingston and Abe. I went to, so I went to, um, I went to elementary in the East and then I went to elementary in the Seven Walker. Mm -hmm. But when I was supposed to go to like Gregory, I couldn't get in because it was too packed. And when we was living in the Seven Wall around Philip, I didn't want to go to Philip. I wanted to go to Gregory because my real name is Gregory Earls. And my big brother John <laughs> went to Gregory, but he repped the Seven Wall, my oldest brother. Right. He moved in the East when my grandma died because he was staying with my grandma life. So he went to St. Raymond, Gregory, E.D. White. Then he went to Abe. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's like where I kind of own, um, I just connected more to the East because, like I said, I went to Livingston, I went to Averson. 
If I would have went to Kennedy, I probably would have felt connected more to my 711 side, but I didn't want to go to John Mack. My younger sister went to John Mack. She feel more connected to downtown. Okay. I feel more connected to the east because my, my friends, we were still going to school in Livingston and on Abe, but we were still coming back to the 711 when we catch the bus at night. Gotcha. But I just, like I said, I feel like this, I went to school with most of my people. Nine times out, um, nine months out the year was Livingston and Abe, so... A lot of East friends I had too. Gotcha. So I want to um, get back to the Street Dreams Army and your, I guess, progression throughout the years from where it started. Mm-hmm. Did you see yourself as being a what? What do you um? I guess describe yourself as a blogger. Uh, I just uh, I'm just branding myself. I'm branding myself. I a mean, news outlet. Something well, like that. I I guess it's kind of like a blog. Darren from um Nola Zine um mm-hmm. like to say is a uh you know I'm a journalist and stuff like that. Right, right. Because I do report stuff and I do do my research on people when I do happen to interview them. I write questions down. I you mm-hmm. know because I want to be prepared. Um, but I just say it's a brand and all that stuff, man. I really give it all to the people because a lot of time they send me stuff to post since it's been getting bigger. They give me ideas. Um, but I don't know. I guess I, I mean, I could, it could be a blogger because I don't have a problem with being called a blogger, mm-hmm. a journalist. I started off being a manager. And, and also, I, I mean, whatever make them happy, they can say it or whatever. But <laughs> it could be blogger, journalist. I'm just going to um, put that stuff in your face that's going to make you want to pay attention and want to learn and go down that rabbit hole. Facts. Now, growing up in New Orleans... How was your upbringing? Was it a two-parent household? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I grew up with my mom and my dad in the house mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So uh, my dad's name is Gregory. My mama named Sheila. Um, and, yeah, I grew up with both of them. My dad used to have me reading books a lot and all that. And, you know, he getting W.B. Du Bois books and Malcolm X books and stuff like that. And then I fell in love with Goosebump books and stuff like that. But that <laughs> come from my daddy. So every time I used to come from school, even when I was going to school named Ray Abrams in Benville and somewhere, he'd be like, what you learning today? You know, every time I came home from school, I had to tell him something. He was like, you just can't go there to eat no lunch. Mm-hmm. You just ain't going there to get nothing to eat and play on the yard. What you learn? So every day I had to learn. So that come from my daddy. Mm-hmm. And um, he from uptown. And he grew up in the third world. And my daddy said he felt like every time the rent was due, they had to move. So they moved around a lot mm-hmm. from the tent wall to the to the uh, third wall, to the 17th, but mostly the third wall. My mama lived in the seventh wall line, so two-parent household, and I really feel like that played a big role in me because my daddy got the smooth side of my mama, a more educated person, like, for wise, like, books and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was the best of both worlds. How was how you taking in that, him, I guess, giving you the knowledge of, because a lot of people um in um in our culture don't don't read a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not like encouraged to read a lot because it's it's boring. It's like the newspaper. Right. How was you taking that in back then towards now? Was you like, nah, I don't like it? Uh, I well, what made me like it when he was telling me like read stuff like the history stuff. It was like kind of a little boring at first because it felt mm-hmm. like you know you just trying to make, just like Barack said, his mom made him read a lot, but it helped him in the long run. Mm-hmm. Just like I feel like it helped me now. But back then it was kind of like, oh man, I won't read that. But when I uh, started reading things I liked. It made me read more, and I and I found it like, man, I like this shit. Cause I remember back in the day when you couldn't have money, when I didn't have money, sometimes to buy books from the book fair. Like that was a big deal if you could get the Ninja Turtle books or the Ghostbusters yeah, books. That too. wasn't like just like the books in the library. That was like the old books, but the <laughs> book fair books was like the new shit. Right. So if you had to go to the book fair, and you had money. You felt like, man, I got a book today, and um, I read stuff like Goosebumps, mm-hmm. and it was so much that I loved reading. And when my brother go in Camelot Records in the plaza and my partner Pee Wee does, my brother doing life in Angola, my other partner Pee Wee doing life in Parchment, which is the jail where life was at, where Eddie Martin. 
Right. They'll be stealing books out. I mean, stealing CDs out. Camelot, like Cash Money, Mystical CDs. Mm -hmm. I'm in whatchamacallit trying to steal a Goosebump book because I want to <laughs> read Goosebump books. So, so it was looked at as being nerdy, but I felt like I always liked to learn and stuff. And them Goosebump books took me places. So my dad made me do it. And then when I found something I liked to read, it made me read. And I still read to this day. I'm an avid reader. Facts. Now, move, you say y'all moved around a lot. Move, how does that affect you um, or... An average child growing up moving to different places and not i guess finding that that one rule of stability when you're young when i was young i didn't i and it didn't like dawn on me like that it didn't make like damn man we were staying we was moving around a lot i just thought that's what it was yeah, when we had to right. move we had to move my mama <laughs> said you know we got to move over here we got to move over here we had to move it, it just it wasn't looked at like to me i didn't look at it like a bad thing at that time mm -hmm. uh it made me learn meet a lot of people it um you know so I it took me out that bubble because a lot of time when people just stay in one area in one neighborhood they only know their world and right. they just think the world is just that bubble. Mm -hmm. So by me living in the sixth wall, moving different places in the seventh wall, living in the east, going to schools from downtown uptown, catching the bus on Canal, having cousins in different places and stuff like that too, it made me just more open minded to other people and just not just be in one place all the time and just knowing those neighbors and those people on that block it made me know a lot of people and stuff like that. So looking at it now, I'm glad we moved around a lot because I felt like, you know, I met a lot of people. I went to a lot of different schools and um, it just broadened my mind or whatever and stuff like that, that it's just not about this one area. Facts. Now, going on to more of the, more of the music, um, I seen on your page, you say you started off kind of as like a manager mm -hmm. for um, BTY Younger, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. How did that come about for you? Working with BTY Younger? Mm -hmm. um, well... My cousin, um, I have a record label called Zero to Six, that's the same label, FG Famous on. Mm -hmm. And I was working as an A&O over there with him. And at the time, he pulled a sign, Young and Young was going through some legal situations, stuff like that. He was facing like a serious charge. Mm -hmm. And um, he wound up copping out and stuff like that. So when Young wound up taking the time, he told me, um, I was like, he was like, man, I never had a manager. Whatever. He wrote me a letter in Red Ink. I still got the letter. He was in um, Orleans Parish. Mm -hmm. I think he was on B3 or something like that. And he told me he wanted me to manage him and stuff like that. So I got a CD from his mom, Miss Gabriella, and I said, I'm going to get the music out there. So me, Nice Guns, uh, his brother Sputter, his brother John, and like his other cousins like G, Worley, mm -hmm. um, and, and stuff like that. And, um, and, and like a lot of his cousins, like his, I can't remember everybody's name because I'm thinking. But I, we got the CDs and stuff like that, and we started getting the music out there and stuff. And I put it on that piff. And um, he didn't have a Twitter at the time. Young didn't have no Instagram. <laughs> Young was really in the streets a lot. Mm -hmm. So he really wasn't on the social, social media, media stuff. So I, I made an Instagram. Well, he made an Instagram when he came home, like as soon as he came home. But um, we got the CDs out there. He got a touch to do that shot of his videos because Mr. Mina from Partners of Crime was working with him before me. Mm -hmm. And he was doing a lot of music with Mina and stuff. So I found all the music from, like I said, his mom, Miss Gabriella, his brothers, uh, his partner Styles and them and all that from out the fish. All these people was giving me music. I was putting it on that pivot. Then I got the dude from Atlanta to make the CDs and stuff like that. So we pressed the CDs out with real covers, inserts, passing them out. It was all free. We got free Young and T-shirts because I liked it like how they had the Gucci Man, free Gucci Man movement and free Pimp C movement. So we got the T-shirts made from Philly. Mm -hmm. People was wearing them all at the second line, splitting everybody, all us, getting them out there. And it just kind of created that buzz. Uh -huh. So you see people at the second lines doing it and people on Twitter tweeting his old lyrics and it kind of just helped everything. So when he came home in 2000. 14, right before his birthday in December, he had 10,000 downloads on that piff. 
Hey, and, um, that filled with the shit back then, y'all. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and and then when he got out, you know, people like Daniel Hall is from from um, Marrero shouted him out, Super Sense shouted him out, Meek Mills mm-hmm. just got out, Youngin was out, so everybody in New Orleans was happy around that time. Mm-hmm. And then we worked together a little bit after that, and I stopped working with him, and I went back to work on my cousin, um, um, Zero to Sixty Fat Mac, and that's what S Eight had to meet me halfway record. Thanks. Now. A&R, how did that position come about? Were you interested in that? Or your cousin just said, come on, I need some help? How did well, that come about? Well, I got a cousin named Chuck. And um, my cousin named Chuck out the checkerboard. He lived in the mouth too. My cousin named Chuck out the checkerboard. I was in college in Alabama at an HBCU called Steelman. And my cousin Chuck was telling my cousin, Fat Mac, which had the artist Super Blanco at the time, mm-hmm. who was with the squad up out the east from Ron Goretti. And um, he was like, man... G didn't know how to do this music stuff, but you need to let him do it. Now, I already had been studying music and I already been trying to do my own little stuff already. So I already been studying Best, Master P, Baby, J Prince, Puff, and all them. Mm-hmm. So I already kind of knew about what the AR was, all this and repertoire. And, you know, I was telling my cousin certain stuff and all, and I got around him. Even when he was working with S80, mm-hmm. 80 was making the beats. And he let me hear a CD with beats with 80. And I was like, man, you need to get 80. Just like be on our crew because we need a producer. Cash Money had Manny Fresh, mm-hmm. Beast by the Pound had on, um, Mass P had Beast by the Pound. Like, try to get Aiden. He went after Aiden. Aiden wound up becoming a 0 to 60 producer than an artist. So I was around that, around that time when Aiden came and stuff like that. Facts. Now, you work with Aiden. The, um, a big, big song throughout the world, I'm not going to even say Louisiana, New mm-hmm. Orleans, to meet me halfway. Right. When did that break? When did that break round two? 2016, 17? Round, I think, I want to say like two, it might have been like 2015, 15. Uh, late 2014. I know it was in high school. Or it was, yeah, it probably was like, I can't remember all of it, but I probably was like late 2014, or late, uh, sometime mid 2015. So, but how did that come about? Aiden, I must write, thinking right or whatever. I know Aiden said he put the record out and, you know, the song started getting some tracks and stuff like that on like Snapchat and just online and stuff like that. People mm-hmm. went to booking him. Well, you know, to come to their parties and all that, or their weddings and stuff, receptions, and he was doing stuff like that, and the song just kept getting bigger on and bigger on its own. Mm-hmm. And then I remember Social Shakedown picked the record up, and it just started getting uh, bigger and bigger. And like I said, Ada was always doing mostly like beats and making and doing the hooks and all that. Mm-hmm. But he started coming more into his own. He was always making his own songs, but you know, it was always about the other artists, like the youngest ones and. And Soup at the time, but 80, the song was just so undeniable. And my cousin was like, man, this song getting big. And he got behind it. <laughs> right. So once he went to get behind it and put that, that that Fat Mac push behind it, it just turned the record up or whatever. And then Q93 got a hold of it. And like I said, I know it was on Social Shakedown. But his song started <laughs> off in the little hood, little clubs, the right. hole in the wall bars around New Orleans and the surrounding areas and all that. And, um, and social media, and it just got bigger and bigger. And the next thing you know, we was on tour with Wayne and... Um, Wayne did the remix with him, and we was on tour with Ray Shremmer and Lil Wayne on the dedication tour. Crazy. Now, being up close to see a record take off from just the New Orleans holding the walls Mm -hmm. in the clubs Mm -hmm. and seeing it blow up to a worldwide Mm -hmm. record, how was that process with you seeing it up close? How did that go? It was crazy, like I said, because I remember seeing hood dudes... You know, like like doing their little dips and stuff like that to eighty halfway and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They liked the record. I mean, this song was playing on B ninety seven and Q93 and all that. So you'll hear, like I said, in the hood spots, and then even like people grandmothers and little kids could listen to it, and it was that good. So his record just had a big appeal. Mm-hmm. But eighty really, really know music really well, so he just so musically inclined or whatever. I wasn't surprised, but seeing it up close, 
coming from something small or that big, it was crazy when I'm just seeing that people love bounce. And this was before Drake made, you know, in my feelings and stuff and like nice that. Nice for what? Yeah, nice for what in my feelings. So, you know, people really were, but not everybody on it. But mm -hmm. he was like a little bit before that. And I feel like if that record would have came out right after Drake, it would have been cause some of the people like in the Midwest, the PD um program directors was like, Oh, I don't know if my people gonna like this. Y'all need to probably mm -hmm. change the beat up. But they didn't understand what Juve and them did back to that. Yeah, but when Drake comes and do it, they understand it. <laughs> now they understand it, but like I said, Ada was way ahead of it. Right. And he a genius because that record was great and it's timeless and that record gonna be here for a long time and all that. So like I said, seeing that record come from that, seeing how people were shazamming the hell out that record, mm -hmm. and that's what made the labels be like, man, this is like the most shazam record in that region at that time. So yeah, they knew that was the real deal. Like 80 record was really fire. Facts now. We're gonna um get back to um radio play, but uh going off the Meet Me Halfway record, we have another big record. Mm -hmm. Similar, but it's a woman, mm -hmm. super bad, mm -hmm. um, bedroom. Mm -hmm. This song is taking off crazy. Right, right. <laughs> you um have a you had a relationship and you right. have a um current relationship. Right. Super. How did you did you hear Bedroom when it just first came out and right. did you think it was gonna be this big of a hit? Yeah, when she I was at work and she had let me hear it and all that. And uh, when I heard it, I was like, man, this shit fire. She let me hear that. <laughs> she let me hear a song called Nobody. Um, and she let me hear a song that she sampled like some Mary J stuff. So she let me hear all them records and stuff like that. And yeah, I know it was fire when I first heard it. Mm -hmm. And she super bad always loved R and B music. She loved listening to slow music and nineties mm -hmm. R and B and all that. So it made sense for her to do a record like that. And then her and Michael had been building this up. So like I said, super bad from Kenna, Michael from Reserve Louisiana and St. John Parish. And that's who they kinda like Gucci, man, is Zaytoven. They got their own little chemistry that they have mm -hmm. together. But with his geniuses producing, her being how she just going to say what she want on a record, yeah, <laughs> that record, fire as hell. And um, I think it was smart because, like I said, Puff and all of them was taking samples from the 80s and putting it with a hip-hop spin and it was hit. So they took that same little formula and put it in a bounce way. And, yeah, right. she got a monster on that. All them people love it. Facts. We kind of we talked about that in the um, draft Um podcast where we say a lot of hits are coming from samples mm -hmm. and, and samples that are like me either if it's like either three seconds or it's if it's in the background it's a sample and a lot of hit songs coming out nowadays yeah even gucci man them artists doing them a lot of you know even that busted busted mm -hmm. like a lot of people taking old stuff the nelly record and all that stuff like that mm -hmm. so everybody taking records and just revamping them in a new way and all that so I feel like what they're doing is genius, mm -hmm. and they're ahead of the curve. And, and um, I just like to see how it keep getting bigger, the record keep growing, because um, it's doing good on TikTok and all online. Um, Sean Cotton even liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. He even <laughs> he even um, you know, reached out to Superbad and was like, man, he, I, I sent him the song to his text message. He was like, man, who this is, mm -hmm. who she is, I love this record or whatever. I'm, I'm interested in her. So Sean Cotton even like looking at Superbad, and, and that made him follow her. Mm -hmm. you know? Facts, Facts on Instagram. Now... How did you guys develop a relationship? Because I saw you um, posted on Instagram. Mm -hmm. People think I'm just posting it now, but right. we've been had a relationship. You posted throwback pictures, right. ten year challenge on them. Had to show you right. had the receipts. Right, right, right. <laughs> I always got to come with the receipts because you know a lot of times people be with that bullshit. Yeah, so all right, Ada was on the road. As Ada was on the road doing shows for halfway, and he was hot as fish grease at that time. And she had booked him for a party, so it was her party. Mm -hmm. She was a bartender in I think Bridge City at the time, and on um, Ada. When performed at our party, and that's how I met her. I met her at our party, and I got her number, and we started talking and stuff like that. Then she was telling me she do music. She had a song at the time that DJ Blazer 
And DJ Buster that I remember was working with her from Impact. Mm -hmm. And it was like putting the record out. She had the song out. She had the freestyle. I need a nigga that's going to break me off. Hit me mm -hmm. with that. And that song was like building up. Grassroots was just taking off. Mm -hmm. And then at that time, I was helping her, you know, put her music on SoundCloud. You know, the pictures telling like, hey, you need to twerk and all that, like certain little stuff and all that. She'll be on Louisiana T twerking to her music and that shit was going crazy like and stuff like that. <laughs> right, so not, that's her signature thing, so people love her twerking, but I always knew she had a big personality, like she'd go live because she used to be a big fan of Facebook more than Instagram. At that time, when I first met her, she had like 1,500 followers probably, or 2,000 followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. She wasn't a big Instagram fan. She was more on Facebook. Her and her friend Titi, baby, used to be doing like little joking and stuff like that. But um, I always knew she was special and she had that that talent. And even though she was from Kenya and stuff like that, and um, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And then when her and Michael got together, it just molded into something that was different. So, yeah, I, I always believed in her. Even when people were like, man, why you work with her? She from Kennedy country, and they, you know, I was like, man, the girl dope. I believe in it. I'm a rebel. I like to go against the grain, me, because <laughs> I'm a rebel. Because I'm people don't doubt, count me out all the time. So I'm an underdog. Facts now. Do you feel bounce music in New Orleans is received better than rap music? You talking about rap music? Like I feel like it's all locally because I'm I'm going I'm going somewhere with this question. I feel like um bounce. I mean it's just like different subgenres. Honestly, bounce is still a part of rap. So you got it's like you got go go music, you got trap music, you got crunk music. Mm -hmm. Bounce is still rap. Whatever you got different variations of a bounce. You might have people that make bounce like. Uh, Jubilee, uh, people like um, Frida, Noby, Treaty, Reedy, C Fine, that super bad, Vicky Lowe, all them, um, mm -hmm. Viney, all them. So it's different type of bounce. Um, I feel like it's still all hip hop. It's just some of it might be more like call and response, like ass everywhere, ass everywhere, just a chance. Mm -hmm. Uh, throw the eight war, nine war, seven war, up like that. Just like LeJohn might say, throw the click up, throw the east side, but. You still have like Superbad and them rapping lyrics. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like it's nothing different. It's just the way the song format is because Juvenile Back That Ass Up is a bounce type record. Right. I Need a Hot Girl has a bounce type record. And Jubilee is too, but it's more like a Simon Says type bounce record. Like when people do the bus stop. So I feel like it's all still hip hop. It's just our own thing. This is just our signature sound, our gumbo in this New Orleans. Facts, facts. Now, I saw a lot of. um. I'll say controversy going on that I saw on Instagram scrolling down. I think it was a post that you posted um, with, um, about New Orleans Radio not playing their local artists. And it was about um, Rifle Nine, mm -hmm. the, um, our um, new artist who's blowing up rapidly with his song. And it was like he doesn't get play on Q93 and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Why you feel it's like that? Well, that stuff started because. Mr. Marcelo had a tweet, and I saw the tweet, and then I posted it, and then everybody went to chiming in on their comments how they feel. I mean, we know the radio stations like uh, are owned by like iHeart and stuff like that. Yeah, we know how the stuff go clear, yeah, clear channel and all that. So we already know that they have programs that everybody playing the same type of radio right. songs and all that. So everywhere you go, Every you can't even close your eyes and listen to the radio and feel yeah. like you're in a different city. You're gonna feel like. <laughs> you're in the, the same, same city, like everywhere you go. But back in the day, you know, you went to certain cities, you'll hear the music that was popping, like on Q93, you'll hear a Chopper style, mm -hmm. a Jubilee song and all that. But now, you close your eyes, you don't really hear that. So, you know, they was doing a little something with the, the, um, 
the shake social shakedown. But to me, I hear more locals in Atlanta. So I feel like on the radio when they in, when I'm in Atlanta, I hear more Atlanta up and coming artists on their radio station. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's like that enough in New Orleans, and a lot of cities probably suffer with this. But I just feel like it's all about the internet because young boy them they need it. But I wish they was playing more Ride for Nine and even like Super Bad song mm-hmm. and all that because I feel like these songs hot and so many other artists that I feel like I wish could get radio time and um because. A lot of people are talking about, oh man, you gotta pay to get on the radio. It's I, it's still payola going on, right. and a lot of them record labels still be paying them. Yeah, a lot to of big artists shit do. or whatever, and yeah. all that. so they do it or whatever, but they don't give the little people a chance to even get on the radio. So, so I feel like what they really have now is the internet. So Rob gonna be good because the internet mm-hmm. and people like Superbad gonna be good regardless because the people gonna put them where they need to be. At. And the people yeah. been paying for their shows. They got a grassroots movement. If they don't let them in the door, they gonna kick in the door. They gonna make a way. So. I wish the radio stations would play more local stuff. I wish they would be more for the people, but that's why bloggers and people that's doing podcasts like yourself, people go to them to say, I'm going to go hear music over here. I'm going go, to go to them or whatever because they're not connected with the people. They don't, they're not for us. they just controlled by the, the powers yeah. that be. Just like politicians get controlled by people that's giving More them money and they puppets so some people be puppets for whoever putting money in their pocket and they gonna do what's in their best interest but I mean to each his own or whatever but they gonna still be big no matter what so shout out to Rob 49 out the Albertville Project and Super Battle Kenny and all the other artists thanks now saying that I saw um QC record label mm-hmm. um C-O-P C-O-P uh-huh. I follow um P very inspirational I saw him playing Rifle 9 music and he tagged him that, that, mm-hmm. that's a um that's a significant part of it tagging him because a right. lot of people play people music right. but don't tag they're like who the fuck you listening to right, yeah right. you gotta find him mm-hmm. so he um he tagged him and I saw Meek Mill put some fire emojis on his um post so mm-hmm. he's gaining traction and I guess catching other people's eyes how do you feel about that I feel good about that and the thing about that I mean he told a story uh, to a million roses about how oh, yeah. when he was on trying to the Pelicans yeah, game, yeah huh? the Pelicans game and he said man I was trying to take a picture with Meek and Meek told me he was gonna take the picture oh, he yeah. never did and I was like man I don't want to listen to Meek no more but now Meek recognized him so it show you how stuff come full circle when yeah. it's your time it's your time you know God in the plan um so. I think it's a good thing and stuff like that. Like I said, for him to get those cosigns, that's always major because people are going to be like, damn, if this person like him, I need to go down that rabbit hole yeah. and see about this dude and see what's, what, what's all the fuss about, why everybody raving about Rifle 9. So I think that was major. Facts. Now, how do you describe the music that's being made nowadays? Oh, uh, you're talking about period? Yeah. The music I, you hear, the music, the music that everyone, I guess the most... Po- Popular music right yeah. now. Yeah, I feel like music just always gonna keep changing. I mean, mm-hmm. the music that was in the twenties, when in the forties, in the fifties, and all <laughs> that doo wop and soul music and funk is gonna keep on changing. Uh-huh. So hip hop is just constantly evolving and stuff like that. You hear the Young Thugs and the Waynes, the Uzi verse, the the Dirks. You know, it don't might don't sound like it did, you know, 10, 20 years ago and all that, but that's just how it, it's just going to keep evolving to different stuff. So I feel like it's all good and stuff like that. You got to be open-minded to the new change and stuff like that. If you don't, you're going to get left behind. And I learned that from Quincy Jones. So I like everything the new people doing, you know. Some of it's for me, some of it's not, but I think it's all good for the game. You got to just find out what you like. But everybody making money, everybody, you know, uh, hip-hop way bigger and is the most, like, important genre, so... It got to be doing something right. Mm-hmm. Now, who are you listening to in your time uh, when you riding around 
your your top five artists right now. Who I'm really listening to, honestly though, I like I still be listening to like a lot of old it's a, soul it's stuff. It's all good. Yeah, I like I still listen to a lot of Tupac. Uh-huh. Still listen to a lot of Jay Z. You know, I still listen to uh, a lot of Prince, Whitney Houston. I be listening to like OJ, all kind. I'm so you listening to everybody who was on your list, on yeah, your draft list. Right, so I still listen to a lot of that. But the stuff I might that I do like right now, like I said, I, I was a big fan of Young Dolph. I mm-hmm. love Young Dolph. Mm-hmm. Um, rest in peace to Dolph. Yes, sir. Uh, I mean, I, I like um, I like what what they doing in Baton Rouge. I like Young Boy, Kodak, mm-hmm. still hard. I like a lot of older Kodak stuff and all that. Um, I still be listening to my dog Boosie. Uh, I like Money Bag Yo. So I mean, it's 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 a lot of stuff and all that that's out there that um you know that I like, but it's so many artists. What I love, Kendrick Lamar, is a lot of people, man. It's, all right, it's just two. Now, you mentioned um you like the Baton Rouge. Do you feel there's a tension between Baton Rouge and New Orleans? Because every time this brought up, New Orleans, <laughs> I see it in the comments going right. at it. I feel like like I always tell I love Baton Rouge and I got the boot tattooed on my arm and stuff like like people really think I'm lying but it's right down my arm. Mm-hmm. I've been had this on me before, uh, before Katrina and um I always did I got on boots and webbing them hard because my cousin them and I went to the Franklinton Fair mm-hmm. but my cousin them from Napoleonville Louisiana and I went to the Franklinton Fair and I was, they was bumping gangster music and I heard that I'm like man it's just so hard and I went crazy <laughs> over it but at that time. Coming back to New Orleans before Katrina, man, you know, they know. wasn't feeling that. My man, partner's man. like, man, put on some Dipset. Man, put on some Wayne or Soldier Slim and BG or uh, uh, some 50 Cent. Like, we ain't trying to hear that shit, boosted voice and knowing, man, yeah, take that. Co-. But I'm like, dog, y'all was listening to Pimp C. Pimp C got a high-pitched voice and y'all love Pocket Full of Stones and UGK. <laughs> they was like, man, you right, but man, we won't hear that. I said, y'all was loving Easy E and he got a high-pitched voice and he from Compton. You know, take time. Right, so <laughs> I think it was, I don't know, I just, I was telling a lot of my people that, you know, New Orleans was treating Baton Rouge sometimes. I felt like how New York was treating the South. When Outkast got boo, yeah, like we don't want to hear y'all. Y'all don't matter. But now the tables turn and right. Baton Rouge up. And they said the last to be first and the first to be last. So I love them because they're from the South. And I and they right there. And I love how they're keeping it so Southern and all that. You know, I wish we could come together more. And we do have different things that we do culturally. Just like I never knew in Baton Rouge, they even eat their high size patties with the links. We have the high sizes patties. And they do the links. So it's different <laughs> things that we still do. But I love Baton Rouge and stuff like that. My partner from Baton Rouge told me. But um, they got jig music. We got bounce. But people like Mouse, Q-Red, B-Real, mm-hmm. and all that. Shopping with Ken. All these dudes love Manny Fresh. They love Soldier Slim. They love the hot this boys. Is, that's crazy because I feel, I feel like Baton Rouge loves New Orleans. But I feel Man, like New Orleans. Out there. Yeah, no I feel limit. like New Orleans. I feel like New Orleans people, though, like... They have more attention with Baton Rouge than Baton Rouge have with New Orleans to me. Right, and that's because, like you said, it'd be that are we not from New Orleans shit. And right. everybody keeps saying that New Orleans is older than Louisiana. No, the oldest city in the state of Louisiana is Natchitoches, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Natchitoches, Louisiana. That's 1714. New Orleans. Northwestern. That's where Northwestern University yeah, at, yeah. 318 or whatever. For people that know, that's what we talking about, where that college at. Mm-hmm. And they was around, founded in 1714. New Orleans was founded in 1718. So they was here... Four years before us and stuff like that. But, like I said, I think all that division in the state, and I wish we was a little more like Texas. Not saying that Texas don't have things with Dallas and, you know, and Houston, Houston but 
they still more together. At one time, Dallas used to have the Pledge of Allegiance to the state of Texas. Like, they flag and shit. Like, they really on that Lone Star State shit. Mm -hmm. So they really be, like, on some Texas shit. And I feel like if we had a little more pride for other people, even though New Orleans is world-renowned and everybody know and love New Orleans, mm -hmm. I feel like we should still show a lot more love to other people because they love the high boys. They love New Orleans. And they don't be trying to take away from what we do. They just want people to say, like, man, look what we doing, too, in Louisiana. Right. We doing some dope stuff, too. And we playing our part, too. So I fuck with Baton Rouge. I fuck with the 318. I fuck with the 337. The, the, the 225, <laughs> 9855 for all of them, if I forgot somebody. Because I, I never really hear um, Baton Rouge artists speak, I speak, I guess, badly about New Orleans. Um, but I never really hear too many New Orleans artists speak bad about um, Baton Rouge either. I just feel like it's more of like the fans, like you said, having that mentality that, man, New Orleans is different from the whole Louisiana. We Don't put us in Louisiana. New Orleans well, see, is on. This is another thing, too. Like, And I had this on my page that I did. Because a lot of time when I be posting certain stuff, it be like barbershop talking. I know I'm in a right. barbershop. Everybody have their feelings about basketball, sports, whatever, yeah. females, when they talk. But, you know, the way they was even saying, like, a dude said, man, Nobody wasn't really listening to Boosie, like, talking about it. Probably was a handful of people, even though Boosie say, you know, my album play forever, like, 400 by La Juvia. I cut your throat and take your heart. That's that Soldier Slim talker. You know, ride through New Orleans. Like, it's a lot of times I represent for all the Katrina victims, man. He always was shouting New Orleans out, shouting the 7-Wall and everything. And I felt like they just gave him a hard time. New Orleans love Dipset a lot. New Orleans love Philly dudes, like, with state property and all that. So, by New Orleans being so much on that East Coast type vibe, because, you know, New Orleans was, like, one of the main places in the South where you'll see dudes wear Timberlands. Like, on some up north shit. Right. So, I got on some Timbs now. So, it's just crazy. Like, that's just how it is. But I get it because I was a big fan of Jay-Z, too, but I still love Master P and Baby and Sugar Slim. Right. So, um... And a lot of them East Coast dudes was fans of the South. There like was, too. Was but I just feel like I think so much of that East Coast stuff bled into the That's, South, yep. into New Orleans, too. It's like sometimes we don't be connected to the South as much as I would love. And I feel like that's what made Baby and, and Master P and Big because P was like, man, I'm going to represent for the South for these country boys with these mm -hmm. gold teeth. And I'm going to have them saying, body, body, and ride, ride. He said that actually on an interview mm -hmm. when they was interviewing him on that documentary they did on BT called The Journey. So P knew that he was carried into the South. And I feel like that's what Baton Rouge do good but I wish we could have a little more unity I feel like it's getting better and stuff like that but young boy hot as fish grease I mean he big as hell and he from a small town Baton Rouge ain't mm -hmm. big like Atlanta or Chicago and LA and he, yeah. he doing his thing and all I'm proud of what Baton Rouge doing I'm glad he got their turn I feel like New Orleans on the rise too we coming back for the second time around facts uh speaking of young boy we gotta talk about it you the spokesman mm -hmm. crazy going on Young boy, allegedly LaDirk, they be subtweeting. Mm -hmm. He just came out with a new song. Mm -hmm. What's the song called? Bring the Hook. Bring the Hook. That's yeah. my cameraman let us know. He said something about smoking old block pack. How do you feel about this whole situation? They um they they think he's talking about King Von. You know, King Von died last year, I mm -hmm. believe, or two years ago. Yeah. Uh, in Atlanta. Right. So how do you feel about the whole situation? I mean, I really, I remember one time, like I said, all of them was cool and not friends yeah. to turn the foes and stuff like that. And I know how much Dirk liked it. Uh, young boy. 
as a just a fan of his music yeah. and stuff like that. So it's bad to see where it didn't turn out and how this stuff going with the whole little situation that surrounded all those crews and how it's just getting bigger and bigger with the gas being put on the fire. I wish it didn't have to go there. I don't know how it's gonna turn out, but I don't never think it's good because when you got that type of beef, it's gonna mess with the money and all that and people die, unfortunately, and the stuff never end. It's just one side loses a little slower, like they said on the wire. So nobody don't never win. It just keep going on. Right. So even when like gangs beef or even when Italians probably had mafia wars, it just keep going and keep going for on and on. So I really uh you know wish it didn't have to get to where it's at or whatever, but I don't know how it's gonna turn out between the crews because like I said, Vaughn gone. And for people that's trolling on either side, it's just not good. So um I just feel bad mm -hmm. for where I feel like it's probably gonna go at or whatever. Cause I don't know if they're gonna slow down, you know. But hopefully they do, but only time will tell. It's crazy because it's like the hip hop community stops when a rapper dies. Young Dolph just died. The whole right. hip hop community dedicate mm -hmm. basically damn every day, every day for a month mm -hmm. to Young Dolph, and you still get posts from him. And it'd it be like, we gotta stop this. But it seems like murder. I ain't gonna even say that because it's not just they just dying. It's right. murder and right. homicide. Right. It feel like homicides or murders are normal in the hip-hop culture what, right what do you think of that? that's that's like you said because a lot of people that grew up in these communities like new orleans you know masterpiece i'm from the murder capital world and about it about it like that's something that he put out there to like stand on so people have that like that's a badge i like i'm from an area where they kill like, i ain't from i don't want to rep this neighborhood because they soft right there so i'm gonna rep where we got killers at and all that you know so people glorify that because they feel like that's cool but they normally shouldn't be murder shouldn't be that that you should just be used to people dying and it's just like i know people start to say my cousin some people that say man i go on nola.com just to see if somebody got killed or whatever not to see like if they got a new school that got built yeah. uh we got a new casino coming in this town yeah. a new restaurant just opened a new resort they're going looking for who got smoked and all that it's just in their head to think that that's cool or whatever because a lot of them seen killing young and people fascinated with it. some women like dudes that slang iron like if he ain't no killer if he ain't no stepper yes. i won't fuck with him if he read books and he a nerd then he he can't you know i don't want to date him or whatever like it's people mind this shit on so many different levels and i think right. it's toxic and um i think people need to reevaluate the way they see things and the way they value people in life now you said that, that that's kind of crazy because um i would i would just just um something that just popped my head where you see uh people say uh i want up and feel slick guy it was just funny because uh your girl everybody was getting on her because uh irie mm -hmm. was um what are you talking it's, about the stuff with um with uh money bag you? Yeah. When she talking about beating her and uh, pulling out a gun? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh when she was saying that, like you said, yeah, she was telling the women that was like a uh women that were domestic violence victims that she was like out of flag for money. She said um she wanna get pulled up on the wall with a gun and everybody was like she was like, she don't care about domestic violence, none of that, none of people's stories. What you feel about that? I felt like that was like just showing that she don't have no type of compassion for mm -hmm. women that really went through that shit. And with some people, mamas got killed. Some people's sisters been murdered and stuff like that by domestic violence, um, abusers. So I think that's crazy to just show that how she feel about people and what they go through and stuff like that. So for her to make a joke like, I don't care about y'all feelings, uh, mm -hmm. like, you know, she think that's cool. Uh, that's toxic and like I said for the people that's following her and the way she think that's that's just like really really bad so I think it's horrible for her to feel like women of domestic violence don't matter and for people to get guns pulled out on them beat on is is nothing wrong with that and they need to stop crying and whining and get over it that just show you that she just ignorant to a lot of stuff 
You know, mm-hmm. and that's and that's sad that she don't have no type of compassion for people that probably lost loved ones behind shit like that. Facts, facts. And um, she, I think she got dropped from um the Fenty campaign for that shit. That yeah. was on Twitter. A lot of people 50. probably ain't gonna mess with her because of that. Because and then the same, it's crazy because you call the police on Herb for saying he pulled out a gun <laughs> on you and all that, threatening you, and you gonna put his ass in jail. <laughs> so like you a walking contradiction. You gonna say you like money bag, you're pulling out guns, but you gonna get mad at G Herbo for pulling out. And a lot of women was canceling G Herbo when that happened, uh-huh. but now they going back and revisit that and saying, damn, I feel bad for canceling G Herbo. With this cancel culture stuff when I was wrong because something is wrong with her. So a lot of times women might think this dude is bad. And that's why I always tell people, if the dude wrong, the dude's got to let their partners know. You ain't taking care of your kids. You ain't you beating on right. your lady. You, know, you wrong, you down bad. If a woman is wrong and she using this man, she playing games, tell her you down bad. You wrong. Stop using this dude. Stop taking advantage of him because he's a good man because somebody else will appreciate him. So people need to tell people when they're wrong and they're down bad and be accountable. Thanks. And, um... I want to um, get to some rat, 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 shots. Something new that I just ask a question. From here it is. You choose either one. Give you two options, and you just choose what you like. Okay. And you can explain why if you want to stop. We can stop on a couple if you want to explain why. Okay. Tupac or Biggie? Tupac for sure. That's my favorite rapper. Tupac and uh, Jay Z. So I'm gonna say Tupac. Tupac because, like I said, dog. I feel like Tupac. Biggie became even more immortalized being connected to Biggie's story. Mm-hmm. Biggie a dope rapper. He got the bars, the lyrics, the flows and all that. But Tupac, the poet. Tupac, the, 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 uh, the rebel, the leader, the ladies man, the thug. Like Tupac, the actor. It's so many different parts of Tupac that just make him. People still call themselves, I'm the new Tupac. You don't hear a lot of people say, I'm the new Biggie. And that's not probably because they can't rap. Like, I don't know. But everybody want to be the new Tupac. Everybody is the Tupac, Tupac. Mm-hmm. This is what they always say. Young Bought a new Tupac, Kodak, Tupac. Do you so, think it's because of the um, the um, I guess the description of how they look? Because Biggie was big, and you can't be not, like not Biggie even, without the. Not even, I don't even think it's just that though, because like they'll have people that just think they're the new Jordan or they're the new Allen Iverson. I don't think it's that. I just think mm. um, or somebody might say they're the new El Capone. They don't got to be fat like <laughs> El Capone, but they feel like they 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 uh-huh. gangster like El Capone. Right. Um, and they could be small. But um, I think it's just the attitude and the swag and everything that was around Tupac as a person that just represent what he stood for. So people always be like, I'm the new Tupac. Yes, not somebody probably going to say they're the new Nipsey, you know, or whatever, maybe. But everybody loved Tupac. Tupac, that dude. Facts. Now, say cheese or black TV? Uh, say cheese, man. I gotta say, say cheese or whatever. Thanks. I mean, say cheese turned me up not just because of that. I mean, he did get a lot of blueprint from Vlad and Sean. Say that he studied Vlad and stuff like that. But I like say cheese because he give the underdogs a shot, and I do the same thing too. Now I got it where I post people that I like. Sometimes people might pay promotion on my page and stuff like that, and I like how Sean kind of said, "Say cheese is like the Apollo. If you if you hot, I'm gonna put your music on there. If it's fire, if it's trash, they're gonna say it, and nice. they're gonna throw tomatoes at you. So I'm gonna say. <laughs> Say cheese, cause Sean gonna still pull all the stuff from the bottom. He not just waiting for you to be a big star like Vlad. If you ain't big, Vlad ain't gonna interview you till you're doing numbers. So I like the underdog. I like what Say Cheese stands for. Heard that. Now you um say you um uh, personal people. I wanna get get back uh, to this before we finish the rapid shots. You um sent me. You said this guy Wody. Okay. This your words, aka, okay. AKA what's his name? Uh, ninety Wool Baby. Yeah. Ninety. Ninety. Ninety two baby. Ninety two baby. Ninety two baby. But his name is Wody. Yeah. You say he's the Charleston White of your Instagram because he has he has a lot of controversial tweets yeah. and 
thoughts and opinions about things. Let's right. um chop it up about him for a minute. Right. Do y'all know each other personally or y'all just internet? Nah, I, I know him. I've been knowing him and stuff like that, but I always used to see his tweets and stuff like that. So I've uh-huh. been knowing him and stuff like that. I used to date his sister a long time ago. He, but, said, he said that. Um, whispered. Yeah, I used to date his sister. But. I used to date his sister, sister long. I mean, that's facts. I used to date his sister a long time ago. Uh-huh. But I always used to see his tweets and I'm like, damn, like it just always catch my attention. And I, I be pulling people tweets. It be different random people tweets. They don't even got to be like known, known or whatever. It could be my family members. It could be somebody I don't know. It could be somebody from New Orleans. Or artists. If it catch my attention, it catch my attention. Mm-hmm. But it always get people to talking. And I like barbershop talking. Even when we be around each other and I be around him with other people, my partner from Baltimore talk to him, mm-hmm. they going to go back and forth about meat, meals, and drink. So I know he got that barbershop talk. So sometimes I might post his shit and people be like, man, what do you know he born in 92? Man, what makes him an expert? Uh-huh. But I know people pay attention. So, so yeah, I just know that he got shit that people pay attention to. And it's like Charleston White. Like, he pay post shit. Everybody don't agree with him. But he, he get reactions and people be talking. Thanks. So they definitely notice him. Now, um, what, is, what is one of his most popular ones that, that caught your attention? The most popular one when he first said something about the gangs in New Orleans, he was saying like people in New Orleans try to rep like the hundred blocks, like they'll say uh, eight hundred this, uh, uh, um, you know, four hundred this, uh, five hundred this, like they from the five hundred block, like how YG four hundred, uh, three hundred oh, oh. in Chicago, right, yeah. repping the hundred block, but he like we don't, we do don't that rep shit. that. He was like we rep uh, our wards and mostly like you'll hear like right, P Town Mo, uh, Mac Know Your Shorty, Mac Know Your Slim, Josephine, yep. Johnny, shit like that or whatever, Night War Jug. So he was like, he just think that New Orleans culture is mostly wards and not the gangbang and stuff like Cali culture in LA or uh, Chicago. So that caught my attention and I knew that was going to create people talking because it was like with that mixed with some Lil Wayne stuff. Facts, facts. Now, he got everybody's attention. We can um, t- get back to a couple more rapid shots. Now, we left off on Say Cheese and Black. You picked Say Cheese. Pick mm-hmm. Tupac over Biggie. Mm-hmm. Let's go Drink Champs or Million Dollars Worth of Game? I got to go. Damn, I love Wallow and, 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 uh, and, and Gilly, but I got to go Drink Champs. I like, I like, I like Drink Champs a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to go Drink Champs. I'm going to go with Drink Champs. All right. Um, we're going to go New Orleans or Baton Rouge. Oh, man. I got it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a good where I'm from. I mean, I'm born in New Orleans. Anything else would be uncivilized. But shout out to Baton Rouge, but I'm from New Orleans. You know, Orleans, Paris, 504. So. Um, Jay-Z or Wayne? Jay-Z, my other favorite rapper. But I ain't going to lie. In the verses, I feel like Wayne. Uh, hold up, hold up. Pick gonna, one, pick one before said, we get to the no, verses. No, Wayne, I said Jay-Z. Jay-Z? Jay-Z, my favorite rapper. I'm going with Jay-Z. All right. Uh, oh, We're going we gonna to lean into this verse because that's right. why I was going with that okay, question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going on that rabbit hole. Right, yeah. so I, got a, I got a quote. Okay. No one can stand on that verse stage with me. There's mm-hmm. not a chance in hell that anyone can stand on that stage with me. You got to mm-hmm. stand in front of the Grammy family freestyle live. No one has ever seen me perform that. You got to stand in front of that question mark. That ain't never going to happen. That's Jay-Z words. Mm-hmm. Now... I brought this up because this was a big right. topic on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Wayne versus Jay-Z. Who you have winning? Now, I ain't going to lie. Even though I love Jay-Z, I feel like Wayne still a win. I feel like Jay don't want battle Wayne. I feel like Wayne learned so much from Jay. And Wayne got a lot of big records. People keep sleeping on Wayne, but nobody don't want to put them up. together. We definitely going to bring yeah, him up. Yeah, Wayne. So I, I'm a, I love Jay-Z, but I feel like Wayne might still win. Is that because you're from New Orleans? No, it's not because I'm from New Orleans. I just feel like Wayne just got so... He studied Jay-Z so much, and he... 
became so great mm-hmm. from where he evolved at. Now, if we talking about Wayne before the Carters, I would have said, hell no, or whatever. Right. Like, if his style would even stay just like that, or whatever, he wouldn't have. But the way he, the city evolved into, dog, how big he became, like, I feel like they always leave Wayne out there. Yeah, people put Drake in there because the hits, but I feel like people be sleeping on Wayne. Mm-hmm. People always kind of bleed Jay-Z business stuff in a lot, and that make them kind of yes. do that, and they be biased. But if we talking about rapping, I feel like Wayne could get Jay, that and I love up. Jay-Z. Like, Jay-Z and Tupac, my favorite rapper, but I might still have to give it to Wayne. That's crazy that you brought up the um, business, because I seen a um, tweet that said that a lot of people bring in, not not to discredit um, Jay anyway. Right. No, Jay is a phenomenal rapper, and he got fire songs. Right. He got fire songs. Though. Big hits. Big old hits and all that, but I still feel like... I feel like that's why Jay Z not gonna never do it. He gonna let everybody keep the trolling aura, on. The aura, yeah, he not gonna. Yeah, he know Wayne could really do it, but you know it's just like underestimating anybody like David and Goliath. They don't right. want give Wayne that shot, and because right. he from the South, he don't be on a lot of people top yes. listen all that because they just look at him. Oh, he from the South, and you know I just feel like they not gonna do it because it'll shock a lot of people. It'll, it'll be like a real upset. And people be like, man, Wayne really coming with them fucking bangers. Facts, nah. So. I'm gonna give you some songs from each. And I want you to pick which one you um pick out of these songs. They, okay. they just they just some hits that they have. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start out with Lil Wayne, mm-hmm. Amelie mm-hmm. versus Jay Z, Dirt Off Shoulder. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I got a Dirt Off Shoulder hard, but that Amelie, the way he be coming on that bit and the way he be spitting and the way that beat going, I gotta go Amelie. All right, we gonna go Big Pimpin or How to Love. Big Pimpin. All right, we gonna go Encore or Lollipop. Damn, Lollipop. We could put in some underground, but I want to put I'm songs a, that most yeah, people I'm gonna know go, in there. Well, if we hits. go Lollipop, I'm going to go Lollipop mm-hmm. over Encore. That's your choice? Yeah, Lollipop. All right, we're going to go 99 Problems or go DJ. 99 Problems, hard to beat. I'm going to go I'm gonna go 99 Problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to go Song Cry or Fireman? Song Cry, all day. Mm-hmm. Um, DOA or Hustler Music? That's all yeah, I'm going to go, go Hustler Music. And Renegade or uh, Miss My Dogs? Damn! <laughs> Fuck, I love this song. Damn! I gotta pick one. Shit. <laughs> Let me think about this one. Uh huh. Miss My Dogs. Uh, on, I mean, on Renegade. Shit. Eminem went so hard on that bitch. <laughs> but, I, but see, being from New Orleans, see, that's gonna be the New Orleans and me come out and pick Miss My Dogs because right. it hits so hard and I understand it. So being from New Orleans, that's where my That's bias going to come in or whatever. That. And I'm going to have to say Miss My Dogs because of that. All right. I'm going to go with... Um, and I love with, Blueprint album. Facts. I'm going to go with two features. We're going to go... One of the biggest songs... I, they say this was the number one song last of the um the 2010s, I think. We're going to go with Empire State of Mind or Mrs. Officer. Damn. I'm going Empire State of Mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooklyn Finest or Drop the World. You talking Brooklyn Finals with Biggie? Yeah. Drop the world. Drop the world? Yeah. All right. So it looks like you pick Wayne for one, two, three, four. So it looked like it's four, four. <laughs> and I didn't even That's know that. That's crazy. See what I'm saying? That's how you tell him not really being biased. I just feel like Wayne right. would get him. But I really love Jay-Z and all that. But, it, you know, it's only time will tell. Time. Hopefully... Hopefully, and I didn't even know your list. Right. That's just me going on what you picked. That's not bad though. Now I want to um get to you have a new podcast coming next month. I saw you on um, post that with um Nola Nation. How did this come about? Well, you know, uh, 
um, Mo Ben reached out to me and he always liked what I was doing and stuff like that. And he asked me about it and I told him I'd do it if he had the stuff. Because a lot of people been telling about getting on podcasts and joining and stuff like that because I had just been doing an interview sometime. Right. And I still need your help with doing the editing and doing my stuff because oh, I, I know you know how to bro. do that stuff. I so I still am um, really still just trying to learn how to do the uh, editing, put my logo on my own um, interviews and stuff like that. But yeah, Mo had reached out, did it, and um, I like what Mo doing for the culture, and mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes people's like, oh man, he a culture vulture. Why are you gonna do something with a white guy? I'm like, man, the dude love hip hop. He love New Orleans. In tune. Yeah, and he in tune. And then Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons came together. Rick Rubin was a white guy, started mm-hmm. Def Jam. Russell was a black guy from Hollis Queens. So I feel like I don't care about that or whatever. I feel like if you like it and you into it and you really represent it the right way, that don't matter to me. So I don't. You know, I don't look at it like that. But I didn't hear a lot of people tell me that, you know, about why would you do it with a white guy or something like that. Like, even, you know, we got podcasts with um, Rosenberg and all that and stuff like that. And they do stuff together with Ebro and, and he white. And I don't think nothing wrong with that. So that's how it kind of came about. He had reached out to me and he um, said the people would like to do it. So it's cool to be me, him, and my partner, um, Ryan C., which is good friends with Cortez Bryant, Lil Wayne, ex-manager. Okay. Now, what would the podcast be about? Hip-hop? Mostly gonna be about hip hop. Like I said, I'm 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 doing it like I'm just following their lead, how they wanna do it and stuff like that. So it's really like he putting it all together and you know, I'm gonna be there in a couple of episodes. We're gonna just do every now and then I guess how we're gonna do it. Cause I got I still work plus I'm still doing my own thing, but I'm gonna still gonna do it too or whatever. But it's gonna be hip hop and all that, yeah, definitely send it. Got you. Now what's happening new in your life, man? What's what's something that's Making you happy right now in your life. Something that's making me happy is the 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 fans that's getting behind me. Cause I always think about what Dolph said, how you say you turn dirt into diamonds, that's major. Right. Um when when life give you lemons, make lemonade. And people for the people that was throwing the rocks and the stones at me, I just took those stones and I'm just right. trying to build an empire. Uh-huh. Um and that's what's making me happy, just seeing this grassroots movement, just seeing the way the people love what I'm doing, you know, uh was I feel good about you know my brother coming home one day from Angola? That made me feel good. That made me feel optimistic. Um, just life or whatever and stuff like that. Just where things going and all the hard work. Like a lot of people think I just came on Instagram on say cheese talking. Like where this dude come from? I had been putting in work. I had been uh, learning to educate myself mm-hmm. and preparing for this moment. So it feel good to see that everything that I've been working hard to do, people finally recognizing it. And it's just um, great to see what it's probably going, how big it's going to get, you know, just taking it one day at a time. So I'm glad about life and just the people that's around me now and the people that's um, appreciating what I'm doing and what I'm trying to add to what all is doing in New Orleans and all the surrounding areas in Louisiana. Thanks, thanks. Good to hear, man. Now, 2022 is here. We um almost a month in. How what what do you expect from yourself and your platform this year? I just expect to keep getting bigger. Um, I expect to keep giving out great information. Uh, like I say, I always try to post like the hip hop stuff, but then I always and this from the beginning of my Instagram because my other page that got deleted. Mm-hmm. I had an Instagram before, but then that one got deleted when I got posted like the third time on Say Cheese. And then I made another one. Shout out to my partner, Jarrison, because he was like, gee, man, you got to make another one. I know Instagram, I want to give you a page back, but make another one, you got to come back. And I built that, you know, in two years from zero to almost 11,000 right now. And we keep growing. And hopefully Instagram changed the algorithms back this year so it could be easy for people to see my stuff because yeah. sometimes they don't see all your posts. That's why I be DMing a lot of my videos to yeah, people and they be like, gee, the DMing me this shit, but I won't make sure they see it. But keep giving out good information. Keep being somewhere where um, 
artists could be probably seen and stuff like that and mm -hmm. give them a chance to have a shot and do my part. And like I said, always add education because I always like to post sometime WB the boys. I might post something about the Civil War, mm -hmm. Malcolm X. It's and, information, not just hip-hop. Right. So I always want to feel like people learning something, and we still can have talks about hip-hop, but at the same time, giving you something that you probably didn't know. And I was doing that from the moment I started my Instagram. So anybody that know from SDA, they know what it is. Facts. Now, question before we wrap it up. How, since music, since the news is coming out rapidly, mm -hmm. how do you keep up with it? You say you have a job. <laughs> how do you, do Ooh. you be at work like, oh, let me post this shit? Yeah. Well, see, sometimes when I be at work, I can't, and then sometimes I might find something, and I might go in the bathroom. If I'm in the bathroom, I might hurry and put something together. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, I might have so much stuff that I didn't watch at night that I have them already ready. So when I uh -huh. do get to work, I might just post it. Mm -hmm. But I got to watch every interview. I right. got to watch all these clips. I got to find something on Twitter. I got to find something on YouTube. And I look at it, and I find the best stuff. So it takes time because I don't have no team. I'm one person doing the work of five men. Right. And I have a job too, like you said. So I got to find the shit. I got to put the little collage together with the right pictures that express the content. Mm -hmm. I got to watermark it because I used to not watermark it. People take my stuff and nobody knows it's mine. So it, it takes a lot of work. So if I once I have the time to fully dedicate all my time into it, it's really going to be on the popping. But right now, I just, I got I to gotta find it all on my own and, and I got to post it when I can. But when I post it, it's going to hit harder. Sometimes I beat some of the other bloggers that's big for the shit, before they get it and all and that. Even sourcing the complex and everything. Be like, damn, they post this three hours <laughs> after I did. I was right when I picked this video or whatever. Thanks, man. Like, that's, that's true hustle, y'all. What a job. We in a bathroom posting shit. So hey. anybody, no excuses, bro. Right. Now, any last words from UDP, man? Anything else you want to touch on that we ain't touch on? Any other words? Right. Like I said, man, it's a lot like Pimpsey said, bro. There's a lot of people out here getting money, living behind big houses, making all this money, bro. What is everybody mad about? Let's keep getting this money. Let's keep staying positive. Let's keep getting better and better, pulling each other up. I like to see a little more unity in Louisiana, like Pimpsey said, but we're working on that. And um, we talking about it. We're having the conversations that's making us open up and all that. One time for the South. For doing it big and all that, but shout out to the East Coast, the West Coast, the Midwest, the whole America, and all across. And shout out to you, bro, for bringing me back again. Yes, sir. I appreciate you for taking your time. Shout out to your your partner that's behind the scenes and stuff like that, behind oh, the man. camera. That was that was here last time when he said I had the drip on when I had the Versace glasses on and stuff. I remember that. And um, man, yeah, yeah, no problem. Thank you. And um, man, just I just got everybody, all the podcasts, all the. Uh, interview people in New Orleans, shout out to all them bloggers because all them doing their part, we all playing our part. And I want to say this because Atlanta have a lot of people like the inner apartments, you know, the uh, the off the porches, the big facts, and, and a slew of other podcasts and interview people that do what they do to tell their stories and people come to them. And so if we build up that same stuff down here that people could come tapping with us or come we could break our arm or whatever. It'd be right. really great. So I feel like all of us doing a great job, and I want to shout out to all of them and all y'all. But thank you again, though, man. Facts. We developing our own media outlet. Ted Mitchell's podcast, man, GDP. And we one, out. Rest in peace to my cousin, Demona. That's tatted on my own, too, and free my brother, Boz B. Facts. Rest in peace, man. 2022 is up. We out. Holla.